we have been talking about living life in the flow of the Spirit. And last time we talked about flow busters, things that mess up your flow. Because you could be living in the flow, and then uh, sometimes there are some things that just stop up the flow of the Spirit in your life. Now, uh, last time we talked about how uh, when God speaks, we have an obligation to obey. Because when he tells you to do something, because everybody doesn't hear from God, and when you get the privilege to hear from him, you must obey. And when you don't, you stop up the flow. It busts up your flow. Today we are going to talk about another flow buster. And y'all pray for me. Now this is one we're going to have to learn together. I, I, I like to... Uh, I like to have it all together before I preach it, but that might not be my testimony today. So we're going to learn. I'm, I'm, I'm confessing. I'm telling you. We're going to learn this one together. Verse 29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Shall we pray? Holy Spirit, we need you in this place. We feel your presence, O oh God, and we ask that you would continue to speak to us, that you would continue to move, that you would continue to have your way. And we promise that when all is said and done, we'll give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. You know, one of the works of the Spirit is to build us up. The Bible says that if any man be in Christ, they are a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. The God that we serve begins a new construction project on us. He begins building us up, building us up. I brought these blocks. Can you all see it if I, if I build on this speaker right here? Because a lot of times, uh, through different situations and uh, different experiences, God builds us up. The Bible calls us God's workmanship, says that we were created for good works. And so as we live our lives, God is doing something miraculous in them. God is trying to make something beautiful of our life. Amen? Amen. And so he uses our various experiences. He uses uh, the various things that take place in our lives. And he makes something beautiful. This isn't, you know, that beautiful, but I'm not the Holy Spirit. But the Bible tells us in several verses that God is building us up. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, the Bible says, Now we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. 
that word building is construction. You are God's construction. And there are several verses that show that God is building and doing something wonderful in each of our lives. When I, when I came here, I sang, and uh, Terry Drummond, who sang with me in another church, and she was like, I've never really heard you sing like that. What's going on? As many times as you were uh, here and there, you were never singing like that. And this is what happened. When I was a teenager, well, when I was younger, I would sing all the time. But when I became a teenager, I sang somewhere, and I hit a sour note, and all of my friends fell out laughing. And they had something to say. And so from that time on, from what they said and the experience I had, I never wanted to sing in front of people. Now, God was doing something. He was building something in me, but they began to poke at the work of, of God, what God was doing. They began just, just one, little, one little instance, and that completely tore down a lot of what God was doing. I wonder sometimes how many words and media people, this would be a good time for that video, how many words, how many things, and if you all don't have it, then we'll do it at another time. How many words and how many things mess us up? People were confused. I remember not too long ago having to sing in front of people and I was holding the microphone like this. Not quite yet. And when I sat down, my body was literally shaking. And people are like, I don't understand that. I mean, I speak in front of thousands of people. That's not a big deal. But because people told me I couldn't sing, I didn't. And when I had to do it, I just sat there and just. So the question is, how many Words. How many things does it take to mess up what God is doing?
the Bible says don't tear down what God is building up. If the Holy Spirit has made it it's his work to build up people, to grow them in Christ, then the last thing we need to do is come in and tear them down. The last thing we need to do is put our mouths on them. It grieves the spirit when we tear down what God is trying to build up. The verse tells us uh, what we are to do instead because that word corrupt, that root, the word in the Greek is decay, rotting, crumbling. So let no crumbling word come out of your mouth. Let no decaying word, let nothing that's going to tear somebody, make them crumble, make them uh, uh, decay or whatever, don't let that come out of your mouth. The next word, it says, except what is for edification. And that word in the Greek is a construction word. It means building. It means construction. It means to make more able. So the Bible says, don't let a crumbling, decaying word come out of your mouth. Instead, give words that build people up, that make them more able to become the people that God wants them to be. A lot of times, we're worried about our flow, but the Bible says don't kick anybody else out of their flow or you're going to have a problem flowing too. We have got to build one another up. Now, the problem that Christians have is that we want to speak the truth. And that we God called, we the people of the truth. Oh, y'all ain't never heard that? I got, I got to tell the man, I got to tell the truth. I believe the word. And they need to be told. But the Bible says to speak the truth in love. As a matter of fact, turn with me to Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Colossians 4, verse 6. It says, let your speech always be with grace. So whatever you got to say, if you want to say in the flow, now, see, because you don't never have to get out the flow and tell nobody off. The Bible says that whatever you say, you are to say it with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Did y'all hear what I said? This verse is saying it's not just about what you say. Is how you say it. It's not just about what you say, it's how you say it. Because some people can close a, 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 a compliment, and by the time they finish, they make you feel worse. Oh, that's a cute dress. Oh, you mean this is your car? This is your new car? Congratulations. 
I mean, it, it should be a compliment. This is your new car, congratulations. Oh, that's a cute dress. It's not what you say as much as it is how you say it. Now, the Bible already lets us know that saying stuff in the right way does not come easy. So this is what we have to do. Turn to Proverbs. I hope you all are writing these verses down. See, I could just get up here and tell you this stuff, but I want you to know that this is what the Bible says. And I'm tempted to share all 27 verses that the Bible has about it, but I'm not going to today because a lot of times we think that the word is just about certain things, but the word is about everyday life. It's living and life changing is real and it's relevant. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 23. It says, the heart of the wise does what? Does what? Teach your mouth what to say. It says the, the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and what added learning so if you in a situation it's like well I don't even know what to say to you right now then don't say nothing walk away teach your mouth add learning to your lips and then you can say something Proverbs chapter 15 verse 28 Again, the heart of the righteous, what? Studies how to answer. Now, we study the truth, and we study how to tell people they're going to hell. But the Bible says we've got to study how to answer people. Because the next part says, because the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. It's the mouth of the wicked that just be running off at the mouth. But we have got to learn. Kingdom people, we cannot respond as the world responds. We cannot talk like the world talks. We cannot live like the world lives. And if we are living in the flow, then we have got to flow in the spirit. So the Bible says that you have got to teach your mouth what to say. There's a story told of this king. He had a dream that all his teeth fell out. So he called for all of his uh, 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 advisors. And the first advisor interpreted the dream for him. And he said, sorry to tell you, king, but that dream means that all your relatives going to die and you are gonna be all alone. The king was so angry when he heard the interpretation of, of the dream, he banished the man. So the next one is up. Perhaps he read this verse. He said, long live the king. I am so excited to report to you that this dream prophesies of longevity. You will outlive all of your relatives rejoice because longevity is yours. Long live the king. 
The king was so excited about that answer, he gave him a big bag of gold. He, they said the same thing, right? Did you all get that? But one seasoned it with grace. One taught his lips how to answer. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, it says, the Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Can I stay there for a second, a word in season? Because it's not just enough to teach your mouth what to say, but you got to teach the rest of you when to say it. Timing is everything. I was reading and they had uh, this article in a medical journal that was helping doctors on what not to say during surgery when a patient is going under anesthesia. They said that uh, you could send a patient into a deathly panic if you say, okay, let's shoot him up now. They say, don't even say, let's hook up the monitor now, because under the anesthesia, it may sound like, let's hook up the monster. They said, don't even say, man, this just isn't my day, because then they won't know what's going on. Those phrases are okay in other situations, but at that time, it is not wise to speak like that. Timing is everything. First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. The Bible talks about the sons of Issachar. And I like, I like them. I pray that God would raise up some sons of Issachar in this church. Amen? Because the Bible says, Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, of the sons of Issachar who had an understanding of the times. So when they had an understanding of the times and to know what Israel ought to do. See, you don't have a lot of people that know both of those, that know what to do and have an understanding of the times. This was so remarkable that scripture saw fit to put it in the word. We've got to understand the times. Pray to God for discernment. Lord, I want to live in your flow, and I want to know what time I should do this and, and when I should say something and when I shouldn't say anything. Lord, I want to be in your flow. I want to understand the times and know what to do. The Bible says the tongue of the learned knows how to speak a word in due season. And that's what our Ephesians verse says. Uh, in, the, in the King James, it doesn't translate as well, but in the English Standard Version, where it says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but what is for edification, it says, as it fits the occasion. That's what the English Standard Version says. The New American Standard Bible says, according to the need of the moment. The NIV says, according to their need. So there is a time thing in this stuff. It's not just about not saying the wrong thing, but it's knowing when to say the right thing. And when not to say the right thing. 
a pastor was sharing how he had really messed up and forgot to turn, uh, forgot to pay the electric bill. And so the lights got turned off. And he dreaded going home because he did not want to hear his wife's mouth. Now, she was a good, godly woman, and she had been through so much just being married to a pastor. And this was just, I'm sure, the icing on the cake. He felt horrible having to come home to darkness. He put it off, and it was already dark. He was hoping maybe she would have been in bed or whatever. He gets home. She had a blanket on the living room floor, candles everywhere. And he came in. She served him dinner. Like, you know, oh, today we're having a candlelight picnic. Never once did she say, the electricity's off. Somebody forgot to pay the bill. Nothing like that. She didn't say it at all. Never mentioned it. She just had candles everywhere and acted like it was a, another day. He said he would never, ever forget. He already knew that he messed up. He knew that he should have paid. He knew. He already knew. And a lot of times, the times to show love is when people are least lovable. That's when they need it the most. And she did something miraculous to that man. She ministered more to that minister by just not saying anything, by not stating the obvious. Ladies, on this Father's Day weekend, woo, we have got to build our men up. There is enough stuff tearing them down. I was just thinking of all the negative connotations we have for fathers. Absentee fathers, deadbeat dad. We, I mean, we got a long, I mean, as you're driving on the freeway, have you ever seen a billboard that says, is your mama not doing right? Call us. Have you ever seen a billboard for that? Only for the dads. Society is going above and beyond trying to tear our men down. So when they come home, season your speech with grace, with salt. Make them help God build them up. Amen? I learned this very early when I was in seminary. I had to... Um, I was a substitute teacher, and it was just a bad school district. It was the kind of school district where the teachers got combat pay. And I went to this school, and it was a long-term assignment. I went to this school, and, I mean, you watching the kids punch the teachers. You watching them carry, literally physically restraining kids, carrying them to the, um, to the principal's office. I mean, it was ridiculous. And I'm like, Father, how am I going to get through this week? So, I mean, I tried yelling. I tried being nice. I tried every single thing I could. I would spend my evenings reading all these education books, classroom management books, trying to figure out what I could do. The thing that worked, it wasn't yelling because they could get it crunk with you. What I did was, I paid attention to the good 
the kids who were doing what they were supposed to do. So instead of yelling at Johnny for yelling, I would say, I like how LaQuisha is sitting there so nicely. And I like how uh, Shanae has her books open. For, and I like how uh, Marcia is doing it. And sure enough, all of those kids wanted to get their name in the romper room thing. And so they would begin to do the things that needed to be done so that they could get commendation. If I were to quote the color purple, I would say something like, everybody just want to be loved. And a lot of times people do things just to get attention. But when you begin extolling virtues, then they rise to the occasion. So, I mean, I, I, I don't call my kids bad. And when they act otherwise, I say you are too obedient to be acting like that. You, you give grace with your mouth. You stay in the flow of the Spirit because God is building them up. And who are we to come after them and try to tear them down? I hope you all understand this flow buster. I ain't got to be long on it. It's enough to just keep us working for the next couple weeks, months, years. Staying in the flow and making sure that we don't tear down what God is building up as the musicians begin to play. When heaven wanted to impact earth, even though earth was a mess, they were rebellious, they were so out of control that they wanted to kill the baby Jesus. Not just kill baby Jesus, they wanted to kill all the babies. Any baby that looked like Jesus, any baby that was a boy that might have known Jesus. Everybody, they wanted them dead. But what was heaven's response? The Bible says that heaven sent the word. Heaven sent the word, sent Jesus Christ and called him the word. When the angels came, they didn't say, y'all, just a log down, dirty bunch of sinners. They said, good tidings we bring. Peace on earth. Good will towards men. There were a whole lot of other things they could have said. There were a whole lot of other things heaven could have told us. But they gave us grace. Because God was building up a people. 1 Peter 2, 5 calls us living stones. We are God's construction, and they didn't want to tear down. God wanted to build us up. And today, God is saying that if you want to live in the flow, if you don't want something to bust up your flow, then build up those around you too. Let no decaying communication come out of your mouth. But what is good for building up as fits the occasion. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed. 
God is calling us to make a very special decision. Now, one, there may be somebody in here who has not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And if you have not, and you want to today, we serve a God who is so awesome, who is so wonderful and loving, though we don't deserve it, he gives grace and mercy. He builds us up when the world tears us down. He takes up the broken pieces and allows us to become our best selves through his power. And if you have not met this God, you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Wherever you are, I want you to raise your hand. Praise the Lord. I see your hands. I want you to keep them high because I want to put a paper in your hand. I see you. I see you. I, I know who you are. Even in the overflow, there may be some of you in there. You want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I just invite you to raise your hand. There are elders in there that will uh, be able to assist you. Raise your hand. And for those of us who have already accepted Jesus and we want to stay in the flow of the Spirit, you want to ask God, one, for forgiveness for all the times you fell out of the flow, for all the times you tore down other people when God was trying to build them up, for all the times you tore down yourself when God was trying to build you up. And you are saying, Father, I want to live in the flow, be in my mouth and my speaking. David says in Psalm 141, verse 3, set a guard over my lips and a mouth over my door. In Psalm 36, I believe it is, he says, help me not to sin with my mouth. This is our prayer today. That's your prayer. That's, that's my prayer. If that is your prayer, then I want you to stand with me as we go to God, asking him for forgiveness and asking him for power to continue to live in the flow, to not tear down what God is building up. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, all over this building, both in the sanctuary and in the overflow, people are standing. And Lord, we're standing asking that you would forgive us, oh God. Forgive us for the times where we have torn down people, where we have torn down ourselves, where we have worked against what you were doing because you built us up. Father, we ask that you would forgive us for the times that, that corrupt, decaying, foolish words have come out of our mouths. And in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask that you would be in our mouth and our speaking. Lord, I ask that you would teach our lips how to speak. You said in your word that we should be quick to listen and slow to speak. Dear Lord, I ask that you would give us the power of the Holy Ghost to live like that. Place a door over our lips, a gate over our mouth if need be, because we want to give glory to you with our mouth. We want to give praise to you with our mouth. We want to build up the people you are building up, oh God. 
We want to add sweetness to the lives of everybody we meet. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we know we can't do it without you. And so, Father, as we step into the flow of your spirit, we ask that you would keep us here, oh God. Help us not to uh, 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 fall out because of disobedience. Help us not to fall out because of the things that come out of our mouth. You said that death and life are in the power of the tongue. We want to speak life. Seal our commitment and our prayer this day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.